Okay. Okay. <laughs> so I'm in a new location. Yes. I've moved. A third location. A third location, yes, because I started off in Pennsylvania. But it's a third location. It's a third location. Be, be wary. Be wary. Of burglars. <laughs> Thanks for that. Um. <laughs> so the the last location was bad because mm-hmm. we could hear when people were walking above me, not in like a normal. <laughs> No, way, there was some a, sort of rhythmic. In an aggressive, it was aggressively loud. You aggressive, can, yeah. You can hear when people are walking above me now, but it's it's not nearly as insane. Yeah. Or persistent. Right. They're not doing, Um, did you ever watch Stomp in music class? Yeah, of course. When they were playing, they're playing percussion with the, with the brooms and whatnot. Yeah, and on like um, garbage cans that we don't use anymore. Really making a mockery of the... Uh, the art but um <laughs> i'm kidding yeah it, it was a it rem- it was reminiscent of that for sure yes but so and it's happening now it a, a similar situation do you hear something right now it sounds like a train going by yeah i'm by the train oh cool sick <laughs> so so it's not that's not that bad right no is it gone it's yeah, go- it's gone. Yeah, it's gone for me. It's it's gone. <laughs> okay. So um, the difference is now the train goes by sometimes, and that's loud. Right. right. Um, but that one was going. I think that one was going north, so it was further away. The ones going south are closer, just like where the, <laughs> the tracks go. So there one baby one could be a bit louder. And the other thing is, I'm right by the laundry room for the whole building. Cool. And that can be loud. Okay. If someone happens to do their laundry but again i think overall it's a vast improvement (laughs) you know yeah well there's uh, definitive stops we know that these trains are going to go away we know these laundry machines can't last forever also the machine isn't loud it's more the people who open the thing and like slam it and like the doors oh so it's just a when they're going to get their their things Right. So it's overall a big improvement because before it was like 30 yeah. minutes straight. Constant, Constant. just jazzer size. It was bad. Like I said, stomp. Yeah. Uh, you know, these 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 things that the that happen in the background, uh, just consider them editing challenges for me. You know? Um, I do. Just getting better at my craft. I do. Know? Getting better I, at if, noise if reduction happens, and when I'm not talking, I take it out during my edit yeah 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 i live on a main road now Mm. too Mm. so so that's been a a fun challenge right getting to say uh you know those cops they're not coming for you they're coming for me don't worry about it right right so also the fire the fire station and the police the joint fire police station is up at the top of our street right so they're getting dispatched willy-nilly. Left and right. Left and right and Left straight. Left and right. Left, right, and straight. Because they're at the end of the street. So it's that's their only options. <clears throat> There's another train went by. <laughs> Welcome to film school. <laughs> uh, Usually they're not that close together. I'm going to be honest. It's, okay. a, it's the brown line. They're not, they don't run that. 
that often. Yeah, that one I think was going. That one was louder. I think it was going the opposite direction. Hmm. Did you notice any? Um, what's that effect called? Doppler. Did mm. you tell which way it was going? No. You couldn't hear it going like from coming from one end and going going the other way. No. No. Because okay. I I think like where I'm like the way I'm sitting and like the way it's going it's confusion confusing. Okay. That's fair. Directionally. But like I said, welcome to film school. Uh I'm Tyler. Uh your co-host. Uh alongside me, Courtney Hall. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. And welcome. alongside me, trains. <laughs> Indeed. Um so today we're talking about Mank. Mank. <laughs> you have to yell it. <laughs> Which absolutely must be must be yelled Mank. every time. It's in all caps and an exclamation. There's an exclamation point on some of the posters. Is there? So, I just texted you and was like, Mank. <laughs> Mank. Um, no. Uh, yeah. Some of the posters have an exclamation point at the at the end of his name. Um, one of the first things I wrote down was can't wait to find out what the fuck mank means. Mm, I knew. I knew going in. I didn't know. There was no context for me personally. No no idea whether this was a name mm. of a person, a place, or a thing, or if it was some sort of, you know, uh, really I don't have any other ideas as to what it could be. So I'm really glad it turned out to be a name, honestly. <laughs> There's one point where he says to, I think to um, Amanda Seyfried, he's like, the name's Mank. You can call me Does Mank. He? Yeah, and I was like, well, that's nice. Oh, is that but, when they kind of first meet? On yeah. The, when she's acting? When she when they're actively on set and he's just kind of roaming about? Yeah, you know, <laughs> I found this movie to be <laughs> very, very confusing. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and I'm a person who has taken film history Maybe, like, three times. Like, something, like, I have learned about, like, William Hurst and Citizen Kane and RKO and, like, David Sarnoff and Oselznik and Orson Welles so many times. And I still yeah. was like, what are we talking about? Yeah, what's going on? When when are we? I kept just being like, what is, it? not even, the, not even necessarily the timeline because I was like, I get it. They're in the past now when they're using a slug line, and now they're in the present. Yeah. Um, but I was just like, <sighs> like, all of it was so much. I was like, I feel like there's not. I, <laughs> to me, I was like, I think they're taking a lot of liberties, assuming people have, like, some background knowledge about these people. Sure. Which I don't yeah. know if people do. No, um, I didn't know anyone. Um, I assumed the mayor guy was, you know, Metro Goldwyn and Mayor. One of, one of those guys. But was he the original? Did he get passed down? Is he a descendant of the original mayor? I had no idea. I'm going to... Yeah, no, I think he's the original. Okay, he's the OG. This is like What very, a prick that guy was, huh? Yeah. Ugh. Couldn't tell any guys apart. Holy God. Okay, I actually wrote <laughs> down... Wait. I wrote down... Not the old guys, but the young guys. There were like three or four young white men with like, b like really dark hair. Like right. it was black and white. So, but I assumed their hair was really dark because it came off in the black and white, very black. Mm -hmm. Um, I couldn't tell them apart. It was like the Irving guy, 
Irving, the, Shelley. The brother. And one other. There was one other younger guy who had Shelley. Because Shelley was bald. Was Shelley bald? Yeah, Shelley was the guy who shot himself. Oh, I knew that he was the guy who shot himself, but I didn't know he was bald. Bald-ish. Like, he was almost there. Balding. <sighs> what a nightmare. But, um... <laughs> what a nightmare. <laughs> uh, Netflix really liked um, releasing movies late last year. That's when watched... Oscar movies are released, typically. That's when award movies are released, is the end of the year. But wasn't... Wasn't Ma Rainey's, like, also December? That is I when forget. award movies are released. I award know, movies but are there's... released at the end of the year. <laughs> there's other months that could be considered the end of the year. They're released in usually December, okay. sometimes November. I think seven Chicago 7 was October, which is early, but it's so that they can be released before the end of the year but still be, like, fresh enough that you remember in them and minds. are seeing them during, like, award season. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And us, we're seeing them after awards season. How'd you like the Oscars? I, you know what, Tyler? <laughs> I didn't watch. Same. I was busy, but I mean, same. Same. Um, I didn't watch. I did um, have people updating me. <laughs> you were in that group message. Mm -hmm. uh, Hogan was very nice in sending me all the winners. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I was actually recording, uh, or not recording, but editing uh, last week's podcast hmm. during that time. Yeah. Just and I'm sure you were just laughing hysterically. I was. Yeah. Because we're I, very funny. We're so people don't get that we're so funny. We're like so. We're like so funny. We're pretty funny. I'd yeah, say. I would say we're like the funniest podcasters out there. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Um, no, I did not watch the Oscars. I did um, sprain my ankle. Okay. Instead. Mm hmm. Which. I would not recommend. Yeah. Do you um do you want to go into the healing process at all? How how are you feeling? Well, I think we're on, I think we're on an upswing. Mhm. Mm but I've thought that every night. <laughs> okay. Since it happened. Sure. And, and then you wake up. And then I wake up and things are things are bad. Back to basics. Back I to square this, one. It happened on Sunday night. I tripped in an alley. Was I walking home after, like, drinking outside on a patio? Maybe. <laughs> mm. Had I had a few drinks? Maybe. Sure. I went to the doctor and he was like, <laughs> he was like, does this happen a lot? And I was like, no. And then I was kind of like, well, yeah, a little bit. And then he was, like, <laughs> he was like, where were you going? And I went home. And then we had, like, a weird stare off because I was, like, not going to tell him I was coming back from, like, drinking. Yeah. <laughs> just, it's like a game of chicken. Yeah, I was like, I was going home. Next question. We just like <laughs> stared at each other. But then it, when it happened, I said, this is bad. But I tried mm -hmm. to downplay it because I was with friends. <laughs> and I went to my, I was like going to my friend's apartment and I put ice on it there and I took some Tylenol and then I said, I think it's fine. And I biked home. Mm -hmm. Like the true, um, you know, idiot I am. I'd, I'd say soldier. You know? Thank you. You know what though? Biking is less impact. Right. Less impactful yeah. than walking for sure. And so I biked home, felt fine. You know, woke right. up the next morning, woke up at three a.m. Oh. Lot in lots and lots of pain. Not a good sign. Yeah. At three a.m., made an appointment 
for like urgent care. Yeah. Yeah. For I the went next... to an urgent care yesterday. Yeah. Are you okay? Yeah. yeah. I might have strep. Oh no. Um just my throat feeling pretty 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 terrible. The rest of me though is pretty fine. That's good. Yeah. Like I'm I'm all right. I'm a little tired. But oh, I'm no. always a little tired. Is it COVID? No, 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 no. Did you get tested? I didn't get tested, no. Well, but then. I'm vaxxed up. Still. I know. You're not two weeks out from your vax, are you? I'm like two days away from being two weeks out. Hmm, I don't know. <laughs> I don't that would suck. Uh, but I can taste everything. <laughs> totally suck. Oh, but I, anyway, I, I just woke up, a lot of pain, made an appointment for the urgent care, texted my friend <laughs> that I was with and said, hey, things are bad. <laughs> So they woke you up to never it. text someone that they think you're. <laughs> they woke up to a text that's just like, I also, yeah. I text them at five in the morning. They essentially woke up to a text that said, "I'm dying." <laughs> just sent a text that's... that said, "Hey, <laughs> things are bad." And then I sent a follow up text that was like, "I know, I knew she had a walking boot." Mm-hmm. And I, of course, you know, broke a bone in my foot last year, so I have one too, but I left it at home. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Things are bad." <laughs> Can I borrow your walking boot because I can't walk? Yeah. Um, yeah. And she was like, oh, yes. Oh, my God. We, we, you know, whatever. But um, couldn't walk on Monday or Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Today I walked. I left my apartment for the first time today since Monday. I walked um, to the cafe across the street. Mm-hmm. Directly across the street. It took me five minutes. Oh. Traffic. <laughs> Just me limping. <laughs> this is probably really boring. We can cut this out. This is more just me telling you. I was happy that urgent care, and I'm limping like an insane amount. <laughs> to me, is an insane amount. And the PA I saw, I feel like PAs are so are so um, cocky. Like I like they have a complex. The worst condescending. <laughs> um, don't t- don't tell anyone I said that. Yeah. Um, and he was like ask me about my pain i was like well when i'm just sitting here it's gonna be a four but when i'm walking it's like an eight or nine like it's really bad and he goes Mm -hmm. well you need an x-ray do you want a wheelchair to go up to x-ray and i said well that seems dramatic (laughs) and he was like yeah okay and so then i limped down the hallway yeah to x-ray to x-ray and he's (laughs) um he goes oh yeah you can walk which i was like all right Fully limping. And then it um, it hurt so much to walk. When I got to the elevator, I cried. Oh. But it was my fault because they legit asked me if I wanted a wheelchair. And I was like, no, seems dramatic. I'm fine. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, what a nightmare. But anyway, today, today it's not as bad. It was swollen. It is swollen. It does look like there's like a baseball on the side of my foot, which is cute. It's a cute look. And it's all bruised. You know, the huge. The huge. The huge. And I'm going to Houston on Friday. So for the film fest? Yeah, for the film fest. So Ooh. I hope I can walk. Yeah. that No, that'd be preferable. Because I've already decided <laughs> I'm going to make my sister get me a wheelchair at the airport. <laughs> And push me around if necessary. Mm-hmm. 
because no, I, I think that's fair. I can't live like this. <laughs> so anyway, things are bad. Yeah. Yeah. So my urgent care story is that um, I turned 26 two months ago. Mm hmm. I knew that. Yeah. Well, um, when uh, the thing about when you turn 26, it's a fun year. You know, 21, you get to drink. Uh, 24, you get to drive rental cars. Or is that 25? 25. That's 25. That's 25. 25. 26 is a fun year because you lose health insurance in the in the U.S. Um, <laughs> Don't so, remind me. <laughs> so uh, on March 31st, uh, that was the last day I had uh, health insurance. Uh, mm-hmm. So beginning April 1st, I was a, a free man, some would say. Um, <laughs> That's a really positive way to look at it. <laughs> thank you. Because um, <laughs> uh, my appointment to set up um, like individual health insurance, it's like I'm going to pay for it out, out of pocket, um, is on May 7th. Ooh. So this urgent care uh, visit um, was not covered. In any of way. Of course, of course. Yeah. So so I had to get sick, of course, because I haven't been sick since college. That's amazing. So. <laughs> That's honestly shocking. The one time. It's when you don't have health insurance. Is is in the is in the like four weeks where I where I don't have health insurance. So that's fun. Well, welcome. And, welcome to the country. Well, and you and I are we're we're independent contractors. Indeed. So, so no, no help. <laughs> no nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. Um, they don't even take my taxes out. <laughs> I know. That's so upsetting. <laughs> you think you're living large and then it's like, can you pay us $3,000? Oh, Jesus. That'd be great. Um, a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Truly. Truly. But anyway, <sighs> Mank. 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 This is so what Mank- happens when we don't want to talk about a movie we just talk about. <laughs> Man came out December fourth, twenty twenty. It had a budget of thirty five. I didn't put that. Oh. <laughs> um. I thought you did. I didn't. <laughs> had a budget Command of thirty five dollars. Okay, there's no information. All right, who cares? Uh, it had what I'm assuming is a big budget because it's Netflix and it's David Fincher and it's in black and white and I think it's shot on film. Yeah. Um, well, actually, it might just it? be a film effect. Yeah, because it definitely seemed digital, and then uh, they put in like a little burn-in uh, thing, like a film. Yeah, I film noticed burn. that, but it was like always Everyone's in the same one? place. It was the exact same one in the exact same place every that time. Made me laugh. It was like <laughs> it was like using a filter. It was um, like low effort, guys. All right. Yeah, Come for on. sure. Jesus. And also, like, they only did that for. The flashback scenes, right? Where it looked more filmy. Maybe. Yeah. I didn't even notice that it looked more... Well, yeah, I guess it did. It just looked more like um, fuzzy. Yeah, like grain. Like film yeah. grain. Right. Okay. Um, The log line is 1930s Hollywood is reevaluated through the eyes of a scathing social critic and alcoholic screenwriter, Herman J. Mankiewicz, as he races to finish the screenplay of Citizen Kane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The whole social critic thing mm-hmm. I found confusing. I guess that's where I got confused. 
was all the stuff with the like the election. Yeah. And he was like a socialist. Yeah, that was clear. And yeah, and he kept driving that home because they would like call him a communist, and he'd be like, "Nah, nah, nah." There's a difference. Yeah. And then, and then there was like the GOP stuff because my mayor of Metro Goldwyn Mayor um, was all into the GOP, and everyone else seemed to be in Hollywood at the time. Um, and yeah, he was just trying to like called them all stupid essentially which yeah yeah i mean i guess it was like i don't know i guess it was important for your understanding of what i guess that was my thing it's the whole time i was like why is this important for this movie which is supposed to be about him writing um citizen yeah citizen kane almost took like a backseat i feel like Mm -hmm. i think it was more about the social critic stuff but yeah, I guess I was just like, why? I guess it makes sense of like he, what you you had to f- figure out like why he was going after Hearst. Because mm-hmm. Citizen Kane famously is like about William Randolph Hearst and his life and kind of like a um, takedown of him, right? Because Citizen yeah. Kane is like this. I mean, whatever Foster Kane is this like pretty terrible guy who like he he dies with no one that's kind of his thing it's that he dies like um alone and yeah. you go it's like a tragedy about this, yeah it's a like, tragedy. lonely lonely man yeah and like this movie like parallels it in a nice way i also was like wow i have not seen citizen kane in a really long time because i was like <laughs> yeah. i am really trying to get back to what like happens but it does start <laughs> it is like a weird timeline and it starts off with like a reporter like learning what um, Kane's last words were they were Rosebud and then him going back through Kane's life to try to figure out what that meant and like how he ended up dying alone essentially in this huge house and so you go through his political career and blah 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 and then he's like obsessed with Susan who is the Marion Davies character and she's the like f- kind of flighty you know stupid actress who is really untalented and Kane is just always trying to like buy her fame essentially. I think that's what's interesting is that this movie like has paints such a cute relationship between Marion Davies and and Mankiewicz and Mank mm-hmm. and uh <laughs> and the movie like the Marion Davies character is just portrayed as this bimbo like this untalented like idiot in Citizen Kane. Yeah, cuz it's the character yeah. who like Wants to be an opera singer and is terrible at it, mm-hmm. you know. And and he's like, but Kane like keeps paying for her to have like opera lessons and like renting out theaters and whatever. And it's like that whole thing. So it's crazy to me that it's like, oh, they were still they were buddies. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> seems like he did not like her. Yeah, it was uh, two hours and eleven minutes long. Boy, was it. Boy, was it. And I you looked... felt every minute. <laughs> I looked at the clock around an hour 30 in and was pretty bummed. Um, I looked at the clock a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. Yeah. Um, which is weird because like, the Trial of Chicago 7 was two hours and 10 minutes. Didn't feel like I looked at the clock that much. 
No. Or as I mean, the, much as I did in this one. I feel like that moved quicker. It moved with a, yeah, quick clip. Um, I mean, I think this m- m- movie was kind of intentionally slow. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I it think moved it was... as fast as he moved, you know? I think it was trying to act like a movie that was made in the 1940s. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Which is cool, but like... Yeah, I, what I wanted, there was one moment where I was like, ooh, that looked cool because it was like cars cars driving and it was like a really low shot um, mm-hmm. of the cars driving past. And then the dust kind of like went away and it revealed a sign. It was like right at the beginning. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, that was a cool shot because it looks old, but it's obviously something that couldn't have been done back then. Like, that would have been impossible. Right. Back then. And I wanted to see more of that, you know? Yeah, and because I mean... Because to infuse newness into that old style would have been cool, and I just don't feel like they did a ton of that. No. I think... Um, I think this movie is really, like, pretty. hmm You know? I think this movie... It's really funny because, like... A movie that's supposed to be about, and when I was reading all the um, reviews, it was like, a beautiful movie about the art of screenwriting. And I was like, well, it's a bad screenplay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's it's a movie that, like, I think shines with the cinematography and directing even, which, like, obviously, like, David Fincher is the top of his game, and, and anything he does is going to be, you know, spectacular. And I think that's why there weren't that many new flourish- flourishes, because he's known for being, like, meticulously trying to get everything like accurate yeah so like this movie was really well directed it was very pretty but i I thought the story was where it was like confusing and lacking it was like well the screenplay is what this movie's supposed to be like highlighting and it's not yeah it it doesn't really no they just talk about it like um like it's the best thing you've ever written mank mank um but like we never get into it any deeper than that really right i also think um this movie assumes that a lot of people have seen citizen kane and i don't think a lot of today's audience has right (laughs) i mean interesting so it is directed by david fincher but it was written by david fincher's dad um how what how old is in the 90s oh my god the screenplay was written by jack fincher Good lord. Um, who died in 2003. See, I thought I had the big reveal. What's that? Well, the you know the the British the British lady who helps Mank out throughout the Lily Collins? The... It's Phil Collins' yeah. daughter. It's Phil Collins' daughter. I knew that. I didn't. She's also not British. In real life. She was Oh, was she raised in America? Yeah. She was born in England. Yeah. Interesting. Here's the thing. <laughs> One of the things I ever thought of. <laughs> I thought you knew who Lily Collins is, so this is like <laughs> crazy to me. <laughs> She's like a pretty she like does a lot. I don't I don't like her as an actress. Oh. This was maybe the like the least annoying I've ever found her. Yeah. But yeah, she's just not for me. Okay. I don't, what the hell has she been in? 
She's been in a lot of random stuff. I'm thinking, like, you know Emily in Paris? Yeah, that new awful Netflix show? Yeah, one? she's Emily. Oh. W- wait, how old is she? She's, she's born in 89? Like, yeah, she's, so she's like 31. She's like 31? I thought we did the math really fast on that one. Good, good job, us. We are um, so smart. We're on top of things right now. <laughs> is Emily from Emily in Paris? Supposed to be like thirty one. I think she's like mid to late twenties, oh, so not like okay. a crazy age. Like. I thought from the one trailer that I barely watched, uh, I thought she was supposed to be like super young. But okay, last night. Oh, she was in Okja. That's fun. Mirror, mirror, priest, blind. Oh, she was in the Blind Side. Was she the little one? Was she the daughter? Yeah, she's the daughter. Oh, Lily Collins. Interesting. But this movie was at a 2.2 to 1 aspect ratio. So just mm-hmm. a little more square than uh, Trial of the Chicago, Chicago 7, which was 2.39 to 1. And a Rotten Tomato score of 83%, which I think is fair. Yeah, people did not like this. Not that they didn't like it. There was a lot more. Uh, the movies we've been doing recently, because they're so recent, it has been hard to find bad reviews. Like, I had to really, like, oh. scour through because a lot of it is, it, like, they're award movies, so they're pretty good. Like, all of the movies we've watched the last few weeks have been, like, great. Mo- sure. I mean, pretty much all the movies we watch are great. Um, <laughs> and so it's, and since it's so recent, it's hard. This one, though, like, immediately won stars. Sure. And you know what's very funny? I was going to send you this article, but they just, just today or yesterday, um, Citizen Kane lost its 100% yeah. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes because they were doing archives of reviews and they found a negative one. And that's so funny. That's hilarious. Um, it's so funny. And uh, there was like this story going around that I don't know where they got their info, but... Um, they they said that Paddington two, just overtook Citizen Kane on oh, Rotten Tomatoes. That's funny, and it's not not according to their top one hundred movies of all time list. Uh huh. But I think they did their own math and like figured out how many negative to how many positive, blah blah blah, or something like that. And so there were like stories going around about like how Paddington Two is now officially a better movie than oh my god than Citizen Kane. And by the way, Paddington and Paddington Two are both phenomenal movies. I've only heard great things. They are genuinely great. They should be like, one of your choices when you get to pick a movie. Yeah, yeah, that is a very good idea because they are so good. You know what's going to happen soon? I keep hitting my mic. Jesus Christ. <laughs> you know what's going to happen soon, Tyler? What's that? It's going to be Fast and Furious Summer. Yeah. It's going to be a Fast and a Furious Summer. Yeah. Hell yeah, it is. We're almost there. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> so am I. Cause... I think I'll love it. <laughs> I think I'm going to be so into it. Here's the thing. We need to have a bunch of guests. We need oh to have more. We have to, I've just been slagging, and I've been like, "Oh, no, I'm not going to reach out to anyone right now." <laughs> so, the the Fast and Furious series. I I just rewatched uh, Tokyo Drift recently mm-hmm. because uh, my worst friend Gabe um, mm-hmm. from from BW he I'm aware was of him. yeah yeah 
he was slandering the Fast and Furious series, specifically Tokyo Drift. And I was like, you're you're crazy. You're a goddamn crazy person, all right? And so I watched it. It's great. Ugh. It's so bad, but it's so good. Like, you... Ugh, God. It's... I- I also feel like these these Oscar movies, I love them. You know that. Yeah. This is a big season for me. Yeah. Oscar season. I did get 18 correct out of 23. <laughs> in our ballot? In, in our, our ballot, annual ballot? Which was, dare the I say, score. which of course, was no, not of course, but of course. <laughs> Don't want to seem too cocky. But honestly, honestly, it was shocking. Yeah. That I, that I won because... I texted Hogan, who runs it, and said, this is the the uh, most unsure I've been since we've started doing this. Oh, boy. I've never been more unsure. And boy, were there some, some surprises, which we can talk about later. But yeah. I feel like these movies have been heavy. <laughs> yeah. And I know we're supposed to do Nomadland. <laughs> but I really don't want to. <laughs> because I watched it. Yeah. Oh no! I I really um I really hated it. <laughs> hated it. <laughs> I've been Hogan all week, just being like, "What? <laughs> I am so confused." <laughs> and like all of these movies, I mean, I can see the value in all of them. And that one, I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh." <laughs> was watching it and i paused it halfway through and was like my god when is the story gonna start (laughs) (gasps) oh man we can watch it but i'd also if we did it (laughs) (laughs) that'd be cool hey man you're the teacher and teachers get tired <laughs> and sometimes we just got to roll that gotta roll that like... widescreen television into the classroom, you know what I mean? That's very funny cuz I sent... pop in that VHS and I sent a Snapchat, maybe not to you, of my look today. Yeah. And I said I call this the disheveled teacher. Mm. Cuz that's, that's what I look like. And I Bring almost back. and I almost wrote um who's going to show a movie today, but I didn't. And then Luke responded and was like, "You look like you're about to show a movie." <laughs> Great minds. Great minds, exactly. God, I guess we have to talk about Mank. Um, yeah. So the um, the the first thing I wrote down uh, in my notes, which I wrote down more notes than usual because I watched it last night and I didn't want to like forget. Yeah, forget what I what my thoughts were. You know, this is right. just stream of consciousness. Right. Uh, the first thing I wrote down was fuck. I gotta read. I wrote, I love opening credits. <laughs> yeah, well, and those were fun. Those I liked. Those I liked. Absolutely. Uh, but there was this whole paragraph at the beginning about like the state of the world and the state of movie making at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't mention the depression, though, because when they mentioned it a little bit later, I was like, oh, yeah, that's going on at this oh, <laughs> the de- The depression, World War II. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They started talking about Nazis. Yeah, that felt out of nowhere where they were just like making jokes about Hitler and saying like we don't need to They were like don't worry about don't him. worry. He's going to oh, go away. Maybe that was supposed to be like timely. Yeah, probably at 
what do you mean? Like when whoever wrote the script was probably the 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 dad, the grandfather who who wrote the script was probably like, "Ooh, we'll make this about Trump." You know what I mean? Everyone's like, "Ah, don't worry about him. He's crazy. He won't do anything." I don't know. I think maybe just at the time that's what people were saying. Yeah. Especially like rich people who it wasn't going to impact either way. Right. Yeah. Um Oh, the other thing I wrote down pretty close to the beginning was I don't think that's how typewriters go, or that's not the direct. They go the other way, don't they? When you, tick, tick, they yep. don't go. Tick, they don't go down. They go up. Yeah, they go up. They go up. They go up. They go up. Tick, tick. Um. <laughs> <laughs> they go up. I, I all the like the scene headings. I was like, oof. Okay. Yeah, interior I mean, I liked day. It. Interior. It was like it, all of this like gave me a lot of um, like <laughs> I'm a screenwriter. <laughs> I was just like, Ugh. Ugh, rolls eyes about a lot of this because I wonder, <laughs> I wonder if the <laughs> the script had to say like exterior or day, you know, and then what's going on, and then it had to like indent quote or like title card interior day and just like the same thing over again um yeah but i think it would have been the opposite oh title card first then yeah the i think it would have been like black screen scene. like superimposed interior but it's but sometimes it wasn't black screen sometimes it was like integrated within the the frame mm, then it would like they're like panning down on a well, Homestead. when it was a black screen, it probably would have gone first, and when it was not, it would have gone second. Gotcha. But just the same thing twice is very funny. Yeah. Oh, my God. When they said it was a 300-page screenplay, I was like, I would murder that person. <laughs> I would find them and kill them. It's called a second draft, people. It's called editing, Stephen King. <laughs> Cut it down. Um. <laughs> yeah, I was like, who the? Fuck. <laughs> I was gonna write a three hundred page screenplay. I think screenplays at that time were probably longer, probably because of like typewriters and because like the way they wrote was different. I think they wrote more block like more like a play. Mm -hmm. We've like adapted it. So I think like there was more blocking like blocks of and chunks of um words, like paragraphs, so it probably was pretty right. longer anyway, but still three hundred pages. Yeah. It made my heart race. Sheesh. Um, next thing I wrote down was Gary Oldman is getting old, man. Mm-hmm. That's sad to see. Yeah. Um. But he's killing it. Yeah, he was good. He's always good. And he was good. <laughs> I wrote, I wrote, I'm bored. Um. <laughs> uh, oh, I, so, like, it's like, to me, it was like, it was a little confusing, like, what was going on in the beginning. Yeah. They take him to a the... little shack. You're like, who is this? What are we doing? What is happening? And right. then they're just like throwing things at him. And you really have to be like, oh, um, okay. So, like, yeah. he's writing a movie for Orson Welles. He's recovering from, from something. From, yeah. You find out later it's a car accident. Yeah. And they have taken all, away all his alcohol. Mm hmm. But then they they give him a little box and they're like, well, if you want your booze, you have to come over here. And you're like, what is happening? And then they introduce Lily Collins. 
Mm-hmm. And they're like, she's going to type for you. Mm-hmm. And then they introduce another woman who we only hear from like once. Yeah, uh, the Fräulein. Fräulein, yeah. Fräulein yeah, Frita. She was fun. Yeah, and, her, and she's like a nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a it's a lot and it's confusing. Yeah, not very well. Like, I don't know if it was editing or pacing or what or how how it was written, but boy, was that just the first five minutes of the movie felt so confusing. And then mm-hmm. you finally kind of like, as things slowed down, you kind of like figured it out. I feel like as soon as I settled into like, I understand what's going on, there was another scene like that that threw a lot of exposition, but in a way that didn't make <laughs> sense. And the movie like changed. And I was like, oh, well, now I'm four steps behind again. Like I just caught up and now I'm behind is right. how it felt to me like the whole time. Um, yeah. There was a funny line in that first scene though, which is they were like, there's, it's a dry house. Is mm-hmm. what they tell him. And then he says, you're from Pennsylvania. Um, no doubt you're used to it. And that made me laugh because I'm from Pennsylvania. Indeed. Indeed. And we have strict alcohol laws still. Right. Probably at that time, they were crazy or you weren't allowed to have it. A dry state. Whoa. Ooh. Um, next thing I wrote was Mank. <laughs> Mank. Because someone finally called him Mank. I remember. I remember mm. writing that down. And so I finally knew. Oh, I said, <laughs> had a feeling it was a name. Mm. Happy for you. Um. Well, then, okay, so he's on the call with Orson Welles, and they're saying he has to write the screenplay in 60 days. Um, he thought he was going to have 90. Really, really just a kick in the teeth, because, like, we had 90 days, Orson, and you told them we could do it in 60? Come on, man. Yeah. Also, Orson Welles, there was something weird on his nose that I was like, what is going on? It looked like he had like a weird like prosthetic on. Oh. And I didn't know if we were supposed to know what that was. And then I was like, I wonder, I was like, I, you know, I haven't seen a, you know, picture of Orson Welles in a long, long time. Maybe he had a weird nose. And then later when he comes at the end, I was like, no, that was just a weird thing in that scene. So I don't know if he was like, maybe it was something from the time that I was confused about. Hmm. But his nose looked like it had like ridges. Like it was just weird. I did not notice. I did notice that um, Orson Rel- Welles is supposed to be 24 and he looks 37. In I this. think that's what happened in the 30s. Everyone looked. Everyone just looked. We talked. Yeah, yeah we've, I feel like we've, we've talked, talked about, about that. Goddamn. I think what's also like really cool about this movie is that like Susan Cain has studied in like every film school you go to, but mm-hmm. it's like on- you only ever talk about Orson Welles. I guess mm-hmm. that's like the point is like to bring Mankiewicz into it. Right. But like you only have to talk about how he was this amazing auteur who like starred in, directed, produced, produced and wrote the best movie of all time. Um, and I think like there's a lot of talk about him kind of, you know, him being a dick. So I was expecting this movie to revolve around. um The dickishness. Yeah. Like him being terrible to work with. And it does a little bit. But even then, I'm like. That was, like, a weird thing that kind of felt out of, like, I don't know, kind of thrown in at the end. Mm-hmm. So we really don't hear from Morrison for a while. No, not we often. Like, yeah, like, once in the beginning, and then at the end, he comes and, like, whatever. Um, but I did, I like, I did like that it ended up being about William Randolph Hearst, because I think that's more interesting. That guy's, like, has a crazy story. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one thing I was confused about 
towards the beginning was what the relationship was between William Randolph Hearst and Marion Davies was. And I'm still kind of confused. She was his mistress. I see. Yeah. Did Mr. Hearst have a wife? Yeah, I think so. At the time. That I don't know. I think I, I think so, but um but it was like known that he was like with Marion Davies. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um well, he, not interesting. Gross. But um Yeah. I mean, cuz he at the time was like suit like one of the most famous men in the world. One of the most powerful men in the world. Um Lily Collins even says anyone who speaks English will know this is about William Randolph Hearst. Hmm. Um, he was a like publishing giant and owned a bunch of media companies. Ah. So that's when they get into like buying MGM and like right whatever, which and Paramount, which is all so confusing. Yeah. Um. <laughs> They're talking about and, like him, him bribing people to like, whatever, because he's one of the richest men in the world. He was also known like him and um, Pulitzer like hated each other and created a bunch of bullshit like trying to get stories. Like they they caused a lot of issues. Oh, fun. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I didn't think they did a great job uh, explaining like the story of Hearst. I guess that's Mm-mm. Citizen Kane's job. Mm-mm. But but we really were kind of left in the dark in this movie uh, about, like, his life. I guess that's why it is so confusing because, like, I don't think they do a great job explaining Orson Welles. <laughs> I don't think they do a great job explaining William Randolph Hearst. And I don't think they do a great job of, like, talking about the writing process of the screenplay. So then it's right. like, well, what is the movie actually about? Right. It's essentially the the movie's actually about uh Manx uh beef with the mayor guy. Right, which I feel like is not the <laughs> That's movie what I wanted to about. see. <laughs> I when they started like getting into politics, I was like, Oh, I thought this was gonna be like a like old Hollywood, like whatever. I mean, it just I which I guess is what we talked about with promising young woman, like that's on me for like mm. having those expectations, like that's not what the film intended to be, but I'm still pissed about it. Um, but like I really thought the star of this movie and and really the only person that I truly enjoyed every time they were on screen was Amanda Seyfried oh yeah I thought she was great and I all of those scenes I was like these I want this is what I want to watch I would rather see her story right which she had to go through cause she like I mean I don't know. There was something about like the way she was written, at least, where she was like very smart and understanding her role and like, it, like understanding that she's famous because this guy she's dating has a lot of money and like all, whatever. And then like, if you read anything about her after the fact, she her like life is kind of ruined by Citizen Kane because people knew, you know, yeah. it was about her and him, right. I don't know. I just think that movie would be more interesting. I thought Amanda Seyfried, or as my phone auto-corrected it to, Amanda Sexy Fried, um, oh. was awesome in this movie. I was like, oh, yeah. I get why she got the Oscar nomination. She's like a joy to watch in this. Yeah. Yeah, she's really fun. Yeah. And smart. 
and like charismatic. Well, and the movie kind of drags, and it's like it's dark. It's like literally dark because it's in black and white, but it's also like thematically dark. And then she just comes, and you're like, oh, thank God, like something. <laughs> yeah. Although I and I'm not exaggerating. I want to talk about those CGI monkeys for the next hour. Yeah. Yeah. I thought the monkeys. I I wrote something down about the monkeys. But, but, but monkeys. Oh. Nope. That's all I wrote. Monkeys. Hot take. Mank. Mank. <clears throat> Mankeys. That's Mankeys. Um, <laughs> make that movie. Mankeys. Um. No. Those. The, all those animals were clearly digital. I didn't even notice it. Oh my god! I thought it was so like. Bad was, and obvious. Yeah. And I don't know, it was like, maybe because it's in black and white, like, it's weird to see, like, some, like, CG in black and white, but the monkeys, especially, because they were, like, flinging, like, flinging onto the fence, like, they were so clearly fake, it made me laugh really hard. Yeah. Yeah. I was, like, I watched this in bed on my laptop. Okay. Because I just wasn't feeling it. Yeah. I watched this, this on my laptop, too. Situation. Yeah. But yeah, maybe I just wasn't uh, paying enough attention because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't notice that at all. And that is something I usually like, really can nail down is like when things are CG or not. I know that's usually your thing. You should just go back and watch that scene again because the animals yeah. are all very clearly fake, especially <laughs> the monkeys. Especially, I was like, jeez, that's funny. Um, I bet their CG budget was like a hundred dollars. I mean, I feel like it's David Fincher and Netflix and. Could, yeah, I know, but they're CG budget. No, but he could get whatever he wanted. Yeah, that's true. I'm sure David Fincher was like, hey, fuck You'd think you. He'd I <laughs> want to pay attention to that detail as well, but. I was thinking about it, and not to bring up Social Network every in every episode, <laughs> but I was thinking about it because the one thing I didn't talk about on the Trial of Chicago 7 is that um, Aaron Sorkin is notorious for like requiring his actors to be word perfect with the script. Like, there's oh. zero improvisation, and you have to, like, get every comma, every whatever. And, yeah. like, David Fincher is notorious for, like, hundreds of takes. Right. And because he does, like, a thing, which I love, where, like, the actor moves it with subtle movements with the camera, and it just, like, creates this really cool effect, but everything is so, like, particular and meticulous. So I was like, wow, yeah. working on the social network must have been a fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you always had to move the proper thing, and you had to get exactly the right... Like comma placement and like breath for Sorkin right. and like I was like wow those two together is just seems like most anal set ever. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's like almost mechanical. Yes, for sure. Um. I said I like Charlie, who I think is the. Um, the new guy at the at the office. Yeah, and I also was like, who is that? Like. I don't know, but what I was like, fuck character... the other guys. I wrote um, three times, I hate men. The, they seemed, oh, I said, these guys seem like assholes. Yeah, and you know, Tyler, this is the second movie we have done mm -hmm. where there is just a woman sitting topless with nipple tassels on in the background and You're... no one addresses it. <laughs> <laughs> that could be a letterbox. That could be a letterbox thing. <laughs> A letter of like list. Yeah, people make these incredible lists where mm -hmm. it's like, um, 
like movies where blah 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 and it's like all and all these movies are like obviously have that similar thing you know that's in the title but it's like how did you come up with this and (laughs) there could be one where it's like uh, movies where a woman is in the background with only nipple tassels on and no one mentions it and it would be i tanya and mank and like i tanya mank kind of the graduate oh yeah they just sit there silently yeah (laughs) that's awesome um I said, I like Charlie. I hate these other guys. <laughs> I wrote, um, they were ma- the, like, all the asshole guys were, um, like, making jokes. Mm-hmm. And then Mank actually says, I quoted him, but I don't know what the context is. But his, like, punchline was slow movies in the streets. Because I think someone said slow movies. Someone else said movies that take place in the streets or something. And then Mank comes in with slow movies in the streets. And <laughs> underneath I wrote, not funny. <laughs> because <laughs> um that that joke f- fell flat for me yeah personally. um yeah oof. i assume they're like we have to go meet david which i was like is it i think it's david oselznik okay i don't know that's it's like confusing um because he said we have to meet david o that's like the person okay. they're going to talk to. So I think it's David Oselznik who was a producer who worked with Orson Welles and with um, Hitchcock. It's gotta be. It's gotta be, unless it's, it's David gotta. Sarnoff. It's just so... But it's David O. <sighs> but I think it's David Oselznik. And um, I said, I feel like my years of film history have really paid off. And then later was like, no, they didn't because I'm still so confused. And I <laughs> literally know this. Like, I should know this pretty well. <laughs> Um, did you understand what they were talking about or not what they were talking about, but they kept showing this notebook that just said the spiral on it. And I just wrote, we get it. He writes in a notebook. I don't know. It just kept like real slow zoom shots on this notebook. I think that is okay. I think that is how he described the timeline of Citizen Kane. (gasps) Oh. He says but it was just the brand not, of the notebook. I he guess says it's, it's not linear. It's not a line. He says it's like a cinnamon roll. You start yeah. here and then you go further out and out and out. That's fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun. <laughs> the David Ososnick guy says, I don't make cheap horror pictures. Universal does. A fun dig. <laughs> I was like, mm, drag him. <laughs> Yeah. What was Universal making at the time? Horror pictures. What does that mean? I don't know. (laughs) Interesting. Those little bottles that he drank Mm, like six of. And that was confusing and that I did have to Google. Yeah, what the fuck are those? Okay, let me, Tyler, I feel like I really know what this is and I feel like I can really explain it to you. Okay. Um... Because I did have to, this is why it also took me so long, because I had to pause the movie and be like, what the fuck is going on? Google stuff, yeah. 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 So he was like, it's a dry house or whatever. <gasps> he was drinking Purell or some bullshit. Let me, I just said all right, I can't explain it. All right, 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 to the booze, you then you can have the booze. No one's gonna bring them to you. But if you in can those, do your exercises, yes, if 
you can get up and get them. But in those um, bottles was secondal, mm-hmm. which okay. they say, which is a um, like sleeping pill, like a sleeping drug, which is, he says, you know, Orson told me there's enough secondal in there to like put down an yeah. elephant. Yeah, knock yeah. out an elephant. But because they're also talking about he's a recovering alcoholic, so they're trying to <laughs> trying to force him into recovery. Sure. And so he thinks, so he, you know, drinks He thinks it. it's alcohol? Yeah, they tell him. Because it's not alcoholic. Is what? my understanding. The second all. Yeah, it's a sleeping pill is what it is. Okay, but so it's not alcoholic. Like, it's not going to make him drunk. It's literally just going to knock him Right, out. yeah, it's going to make him go to sleep. Okay. So he drinks it thinking that it's going to get him drunk. Yes. And he just goes night-night. Right. And then Lily Collins That's thinks fun. he's dead because it's so much. <laughs> yeah. She, he drinks the whole thing. And because he is like passed out. Um, and then at one point he drinks two and then he has a guy come and bring him liquor and they replace the second all with the liquor. Uh, see, I missed the part where they replace the second all. They do that later. That guy comes in. It's when he's like on the phone with orson at one point and that guy's like yeah that guy's op- taking forever to open yeah, that opening box the crate. and then in the crate is a bunch of liquor <gasps> and that's what lily collins and frida do yes and replace... lily collins freaks out and is like well this ah. is against my job description i'm not supposed to like because she's hired by that other guy yeah and she's like i'm gonna tell them and he's like the fuck you are and then <laughs> <laughs> and then frida's like hey he freed me from germany let him drink if he wants. Let him drink himself to death if he wants. Yeah. Cool. So okay. that's that. Um, real fucked up. Uh the mayor scene where he's giving the speech to all his employees, where he's like, Hey, I'm gonna cut your pay because we're family. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a disgrace to the Fast and Furious franchise. Hmm. It is not about family. At over at Metro Golden Mayor, right? That's Universal Pictures, baby. It's Universal Pictures, <laughs> gang gang. <laughs> but yeah, that was that was pretty messed up. I like, like he wasn't taking a pay cut or anything. Right, right. Um, I liked the scene where there we touched about it a little bit where they were talking about Hitler mm-hmm. at the party, and then um, Marion Davies is like. Well, JFK called um <laughs> called uh William to <laughs> pick his cabinet. I'm sure we can get rid of this mayoral candidate and that someone there like works at the White House. <laughs> and she just gets up and leaves. I was like, "You boss." <laughs> yeah. I couldn't follow that little conversation cuz I don't it know was, anything about how the government works, here's the but thing. it was so confusing. She said something wrong. I got that. <laughs> like she, she said something that offended someone in the room, and so she just bounced. Your, I'm glad because I was like, was I not paying close enough attention? I, so they're all talking. They start talking about this. What's his name? Um, Upton Sinclair. Sinclair, and Sinclair is a um, socialist, right? Uh, I don't really see he's a Democrat. Yeah, yeah. yeah they say they call, they keep calling him a socialist. Who knows how true that is? And he's running for governor yes of, I, Ca- of california california yeah which would fuck things up for all the people in this room who mm-hmm. are benefiting off of the laws that allow people to stay poor 
and like labor laws and all of that stuff and um, monopolies hmm. that the studio system benefits off of. So timely. Right. So they are all talking about the Sinclair guy because he's like getting traction. Um, they also talk about later, Amanda Seyfried says that like William Hurst has a personal vendetta against this guy because he wrote something about like William Hurst being a terrible person and like spending all this money on Marion Davies. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's like determined to take him down regardless. Right. But in that room is someone who like a government person because he sure. keeps being like, well, I can't actually name names like, but everything's yeah. going to be fine. He's like, well, I can't whatever. And they're all talking, but I, it's almost like they all know that William Hurst like pays people off, but no one's going to acknowledge it. And it feels like the government guy actually doesn't know because he's actually in politics. He can't. And then Marion Davies says, well, you paid off. Right. Um, like know, Roosevelt. Guy. Yeah, you paid off. You paid off Roosevelt to pick his cabinet selections. I'm sure you can get rid of the Sin- Sinclair guy. And everyone like goes, eh. <laughs> and that's when Nate like laughs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it was very conf- like it took so much for me to get that. You got you nailed it though. You figured it Maybe. out. Maybe. <laughs> um but then she leaves and uh Mank's wife is like, go, go after her. Yeah, Mank's wife, that character also weird and confusing to me. Yeah. I feel like the the writers didn't know uh why she stayed with him. Right. Because they kept asking that throughout the movie and she didn't really have an answer. Right. It would also seem like she was cool with everything and then at the end she was like, I've raised your children and blah, blah, blah. And was like, well, you, this is the first time I've heard you complain. (laughs) And then he says that she should play Dulcinea from Don Quixote. Yeah, I didn't get any of those references really. I, yeah, ugh. Yeah, that's, that's the, like, this movie really is asking a lot of its audience, I feel like. Like, a lot of these cultural references, are, like, just aren't, um, like, not even not topical. They're just, like, not even culturally relevant anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, Don Quixote is a book, like, a like I think it was supposedly, like, the first novel ever written. So, it's old. Um, written completely in Spanish. There are English translations of it, but it's about... Um, a man, Don Quixote, who sure. um wants to like reinstate chivalry into the world. He's an idealist man who like ever goes on a quest to um like fix the world essentially, and everyone thinks he's crazy. Okay. And he is like one faithful sidekick who's Sancho, which they mention at the end. And then along the way, he meets Dulcinea, who's like. I think I think she's she's like a um like like a bar wench. Ah. Huh. Or yeah, so And it, he thinks Amanda Seafried should play her. Well, Don Quixote sees this this woman who's like maybe a sex worker or whatever and it's like you are the definition of sweet and like love and all this stuff and she's like what the fuck and then he like brings her on the quest or whatever. And then at uh-huh. the end like he wasn't crazy. He was he like just, you know, thought in a way people couldn't understand, sort of thing. 
and it's hmm. the it was made into a musical called Man of La Mancha, and so it's that like oh. to dream the impossible dream is from Man of La Mancha, but it's based off of Don Quixote. Hmm. Anyway, it's a lot. It's a lot of background knowledge you have to have. <laughs> yeah. And right. I think like yeah, Don Quixote maybe is a reference you could you can make, but to I've make heard it of like all of them, but a cornerstone of <laughs> understanding your film to a certain degree yeah. is a is a big risk. And I guess at the end he does explain it a little bit, but also that scene confused me, like when he was freaking out at the dinner. And just essentially saying the plot of uh Don Quixote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, was that Bill Nye? What? No. I think as uh, Upton Sinclair. Was it? It definitely sounded like him, and it definitely looked like him. I, I don't know. See full cast. I'm looking right now. Yep. Oh, it was good for yep. you. I, he's in one scene and he's very far away from the camera, right? And he's because he's giving a speech and it's from the back, like you're you're looking at the back of his head. Choice role, um, but at like he's talking and I was like, who does that sound like? Because it sounds like someone. And he turns to the left at one point, like he turns his head to the left. And I was like, is that Bill Nye? <laughs> so, yeah, Bill Nye. Played Upton Sinclair. Oh, I said I wrote in my notes. Is that Bill Nye? And then I did the little tick where you to like insert a word in between two words. Mm, you know, when you're editing. Good. No, I said, is that Bill fucking Nye? <laughs> so, yeah. How did you feel? What did you feel in in terms of the um, the parable of the organ grinder's monkey? Because for <laughs> me, the Mank. The titular Mank says to someone else, I think it's maybe to the typewriter girl, uh, do you know the parable of the organ grinder's monkey? And then the scene ends. And I was like, well, no, Mank, I don't know the parable of the organ grinder's monkey. But then we go later on in the movie, like half an hour later, um, when we've completely forgotten about that scene, um, yeah. we, get, we, we have a flashback, and it's after... Mank has given his speech at the dinner and thrown up. Um, and and uh, the Game of Thrones dad... Um, Hurst. Hurst takes him on a walk. And he's like, have you ever heard the parable of the organ grinder's monkey? And I was like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here's an explanation. And then he says it. But I'm going to tell you what. I did not understand it. Yeah, it was confusing. Because and- <laughs> the monkey, okay, so the monkey thinks, because it's a dumb monkey, that when he dresses up and he does his little dance, the organ player must play. And he must dance because the organ player wants to play, I think, or has to play, and that's how they get money. I don't know. But there's some sort of, like, false responsibility that the monkey feels like i must dance even though he technically he doesn't have to or like maybe it's just like a more of a basic like 
he thinks that when he dances, the organ player must play, when in reality, that's just how it works every time, so that's what a dumb monkey would think. I think it's like he thinks that the, like the monkey thinks that like, that he's in control of the organ player when really the organ player is in control of the That's monkey. what I thought the takeaway was. Yeah. And that and that and that Mank is the monkey. Right. Okay. Okay. So I I <laughs> finally <laughs> I understood a metaphor. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, because he also what's his face? I think Mayor is like you know that he pays your sal- half your salary, right? Yeah. Cuz like there's also like another weird subplot of like Mank is trying to get hired places like he can't whatever like it's very confusing (laughs) and he gets hired at um wherever they are and the reasoning for that they say is that like Hearst just liked having you around he doesn't like you as a writer he likes you as a conversation partner and I think yeah so I think it's Hearst being like you think you write movies like I need you to write movies to make me money, but you actually need me to give you money. Yeah, it's just scary. Yeah, I and maybe especially for a, a drunk person. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless they didn't understand it, maybe Mank just walked away like whatever. <laughs> but yeah, um, I mean, he was so drunk he probably was like, "What happened last night? Did I do anything embarrassing?" <laughs> yeah, so. Who knows if that parable got got through, but um. So was it supposed to be a debate when they um they did the the timeline shift and they were at a funeral and you thought it was for the guy that just killed himself and then it wasn't because it was for Irving, right? That was supposed to be a trick, right? Yeah, for sure, because it's right okay, after. Okay, cool. Right. That scene with the guy who killed himself. While confusing in context of the story, yeah, was a, a, like a good couple of scenes. Yeah, it was really thought, sad. Yeah, it was. But I thought it was really well done. Like he got the bullets, and you're like, "Oh, I got the bullets." So. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, a lot of the visual stuff like mimics Citizen Kane, so that was cool. Like all the flashing lights and the like victory party. That sequence worked. Yeah. The like him dropping the bottle of second all is like when to like when Kane drops the snow globe. So hmm. that was cool. <laughs> they did talk about the one thing in film school I'll never forget, which is that Rosebud is the nickname for <gasps> Marion Davies uh clitoris. Which they didn't say in this, <laughs> but in case anyone was wondering, I learned that in freshman year of college and was like, where am I? <laughs> <laughs> I want to go home. I don't want to be here. Mom, they're talking about clitorises. Can <laughs> Mom, I go home? they're talking about clits. Can I go home? Bleep those. Clitoris? <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, okay. Hmm. We've only used bleeped, bleeps once. <laughs> and it was all Luke Collins' fault. <laughs> That's okay. He wanted to save his future career. Mm, yeah as a podcaster you and i we don't care about ours Mm, yeah no i mean it's his fault because he said the words (laughs) first he said it first yeah i wouldn't have joined i wouldn't have said it (laughs) oh so if you didn't uh if your friends were jumping off a cliff you wouldn't (laughs) 
just really going on you. Mm. Oh, d- um, the 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 scene where Orson Welles's character uh kind of has a hissy fit. Mm-hmm. How'd you feel about that scene? Did you have any particular feelings? I thought it was. I guess I'm realizing that I thought a lot of the individual scenes were great. Mm-hmm. Or even sequences. I thought in context to the story as a whole, they were very confusing and all felt like they came out of nowhere. Sure. I thought that scene was like, well done. And that's what I thought the whole movie was kind of going to be about because like, Orson Welles was known to be a like big old dick. Yeah. But in terms of like, that's like the first even really conflict we see between the two of them. And it just escalates so so quickly. So well, that quickly. escalated quickly. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't um think he acted it very well. Who? The the anger. Uh oh. Orson Yeah. I thought it was a little flat in term like he was just yelling for yelling's sake instead of having like a lot of emotion behind it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean That was just me. I think what I'm gonna say is that I think a lot of the issues in this film come from the writing. I think that's fair. I think it was probably hard to play that scene because there was no buildup. It it feels out of nowhere. Like watching it, it feels out of nowhere. Yeah, a lot of true. this just felt really like segmented and weird, and like on a micro sense works, but on a macro doesn't. Hmm. Which is also it's just so funny that this is supposed to be like an ode to screenwriting when the screenwriting itself <laughs> is like not is not great. Yeah, and it's also weird because you'd think of David Fincher as someone who would do another take <laughs> until that actor got the the emotion right but. right well i guess i'm saying as i don't think it was the actor's fault i think uh, it was the way well, it was right written. right yeah but also in that like you're right it is weird to see like not a i i don't know man i don't know man um at the end did you feel did you feel bad for me i was that was also so confusing to me because at the end, it was like, he f- that was the last time he ever fought for screen credit. And I was like, was this movie about him fighting for screen credit? That was the last story two credit. minutes of the film. Story credit? They said screen credit. Screenwriter. Because he was going to get story credit, but he wasn't going to get the screenplay credit. Right. Yeah. I I was like, what? Was this whole thing about him wanting to get like credit for his work because it was because newsflash it wasn't yeah it wasn't about it was that really the, at all it was in the last like two minutes when they had that fight yeah that's but. what i mean it was like so segmented and weird i'd like i was just so confused and also like yeah i don't know how we were supposed to feel about him as a character i I felt kind of indifferent <laughs> yeah Humbly. huh uh, and then the last thing I wrote was um, Paddington 2 is the greatest film of all time. Mm, mm. The last thing I wrote was um, all these white men look the same. <laughs> at the end? Who was looking similar at the end? All of them. You know what? You know what? I stopped taking notes at a certain point. Oh, okay. All right. I said, I need to focus. <laughs> and it didn't do me any good. Uh, I did think the it was a bummer uh, that he died at 55. And yeah. Like, didn't get any work after writing Citizen Kane, widely considered the best movie of all time. Right. I also wonder, like, was he? But yeah, and that well, and that's the other thing is that like, 
I don't think he's really given a lot of like he got credit or whatever, but I don't think he's given credit long term. Like when I learned about learned about Citizen Kane, we only talked about Orson Welles. Hmm. Um, I also think like I wonder if he was blacklisted because he was like I probably people probably thought he was a socialist or a communist. Right. Well, like, he was probably blacklisted by Hearst and uh, Mayer. Right, and Wells. Right. Like, I thought their responses to each other at the, like, like the press briefings were funny, but I was also like, what was this movie about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and weren't the, press, weren't the press briefings out of order as well? Because he responds to Mank in his press briefing before we see the press briefing where no, Mank says... No, I think Mank is responding to him. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought that was just another out of order thing. No, that'd be crazy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd literally be so I'd be so annoyed. Maybe it is. Did you okay, so I, the the little text at the end, it was like he died of alcoholism mm-hmm. uh complications and like and then it it ended on he was fifty five. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the text fades away, and he was, fi- like, just the words, he was 55, stay on the screen for, like, f- f- seemingly five minutes. It was, it and was then it cuts, all... And then it goes to black and credits. All of that, like, I, I feel like I'm just repeating myself every time I'm on this podcast, but <laughs> it was all so confusing of, like, okay. What's your point? But, yeah, what's your point? <laughs> what was the point? What was the fucking point? Like... Was it that he was young? Was it that he was an alcoholic? Was it about a man who fought for his beliefs? Was it about a man who fought for credit? Like, was it about the best screener? Like, what the what was this about? Yeah. Like, there was it was it was weird because there was like a subtle like dig. Someone was like, especially your age, and he was like, I'm forty three, which like yeah. was funny. But <laughs> yeah, I was like, is that was like that a callback to that? Because if so, like, w- what like this just felt like such a weird disjointed like bullshit yeah yeah I, and i think i'm disappointed because i was really looking forward to watching this movie i was like this is a movie made for me and i'm so excited like i think this right. is gonna be and like yeah you shouldn't have expectations whatever but i didn't know much about it besides that it was about the screenwriter of citizen kane and that amanda seyfried was in it and i yeah. said check check <laughs> let's get both into things it. i'm into and I just found it to be really, really disappointing. Yeah. Like, I would not recommend people watch this. No, probably not. Unless you're, like, really into movies. Which is, by the way, Tyler, we are. <laughs> and I'm going to yeah. go with we didn't love it and we're confused <laughs> for most of it. Well, and that was the other thing. I was like, I have way more background knowledge about this era and these people, then I would say the majority of people who watch this or who watch mm-hmm. movies, and I am still so confused. Yeah. Oh. Well, we forgot to go over the cast. Oh, well. It's a bunch of white men. And Amanda. Yeah, I loved her. Gary Oldman plays Herman Mankiewicz. Sure. He was really good. Yeah, always. Um, he did look older than forty three, though. Yeah, so he. Looked, I, I I think maybe that was intentional because he was an alcoholic. Yeah. Like, I think alcohol makes you look older. Yeah. Like ages, uh, here, I guess. Is how you'd say that. Amandy. Um, um, Amandy. 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 Sexy fried. 
Sexy Fried uh, played Marion Davies. Love. Uh, Lily Collins played Rita Alexander. Yeah. I liked her. She was fine in this. Yeah, she was fun. Uh, Tom Pelfrey played Joe, Joe Mankiewicz. Oh, we didn't talk about the brother like at all. Um, I know him. Personally? Not personally. No, no, no. no. But um, he's from Iron Fist. He's from a Marvel thing. Of course. He's from a Marvel. He, he was maybe the most interesting part of Iron Fist. Iron Fist was really bad. It was one of the Netflix Marvel mm. thingies back in the day. Yeah, his brother um, was also confusing. What was that yeah, storyline? It was just yeah, to introduce like, us why? to Mayor, I think. But uh. Yeah. But he kept showing up. He did keep showing up. Out of nowhere, too. Oh, boy. And he looked identical to Irving. They all looked identical. Honestly, that black hair. Honestly, that first scene, maybe I have face blindness, but that first scene <laughs> where the woman has the um, nipple tassels and just, just quietly in the background... Yeah. I was like, which one's Gary Oldman? I can't even pick him out right now. <laughs> I just kept being like, where is he? I was like, Mank! <laughs> Mank! 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 Um, yeah, maybe you do have face blindness because he, he's pretty he's pretty different looking from, from the rest. And I'm even wearing my glasses. <laughs> uh, Arliss Howard played uh, Louis B. Mayer. Mm-hmm. Louis, probably. Mm. Probably Louis. Who cares? He was a piece of shit. Not the actor. Oh my god, he was. I'm sure he's lovely, but um, I'll say I would say like most of, if not all of, the acting in this was great. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think that was probably its strongest suit. Was I think so? They 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 sold it. Mm -hmm. They did. Uh, Tuppence Tuppence Middleton played Sarah Mankiewicz, his his wife. Mm -hmm. Poor Um, Sarah. And poor Sarah. Was it because she's married to Mank? Yeah. So everyone's like, poor Sarah, she's got to deal with this fucking guy. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing? Okay. Uh, Monica Gossman played Fräulein Frieda. Um, she was fun. Yeah. Uh, Tom Burke played Orson Welles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Charles Dance of Game of Thrones fame played oh, okay. William Randolph Hearst. He was great. Yeah. He's great in everything. Yeah, he oh was my really God. good. I wanted He's... this movie to be about him and Marion Davies. Like, if it would just been him and <laughs> Amanda Seyfried the whole time, it I would just been, been so Citizen happy. Kane. Yeah, but like the real story. <laughs> ah, right, right, right. Uh, yeah, Char- let's look. At- Wait, what else has Charles Dance been in? Because he, he's a fucking king. Oh, he was in that. Uh, did you ever see the Imitation Game? Um, with uh Benedict Cumberbatch, right? Cumberbatch, yeah. I think so, but honestly, I don't remember. He was in that. Okay. And he was very scary. He's all. He's so. He's. He gives off a scary vibe. He's a presence. Yeah, he really does. And his voice, it, it, it's partially his voice because his voice is insane. It's low and just menacing, kind of. Uh, he plays Tywin Lannister uh, in Game of Thrones, and he's a villain yeah. like, in that show, so fitting. He was also in Alien 3. Sure. Didn't know that one. Didn't know that one. Not at all. Oh, shit. He's going to be in the Sandman. Holy fuck. Okay, that's exciting. Um, Manic Book of Vision. I'm not really seeing anything else. That was a lot. But yeah, he's been in some good stuff. It received 10 Oscar nominations. Sheesh. 
which was the most this year. It was the most nominated film this year. Okay. I mean, it makes sense. <sighs> of course they liked it. Here's the thing that I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And it might be controversial. <laughs> I think, and maybe this was like specifically a weird year because of COVID and whatever, but I think a lot of the time, like, um, there's like movies that like, or not even movies, there's people, there's filmmakers who get nominations just because of who they are. Mm-hmm. And I think this might have been the case with Fincher. For directing? No, just in general, the movie getting as far as it did. I see. Like getting, and and I think the same way about The Irishman. Yeah. I think that movie got a lot of credit and acclaim because it was a Martin Scorsese movie. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but it won two Oscars, which it won what? Um, I think it should have won, you know. Actually, I don't mm-hmm. think I had it for best cinematography. Yeah, I think that was one of the ones that only like two people got. Yeah, so it won for best... At least on our ballot. <laughs> yeah, it won for best achievement in production design for Donald Graham Burt and Jan Pascal and best achievement in cinematography for Eric Messerschmidt. Yeah. Um, but it was nominated for best motion picture of the year, best performance by an actor in a leading role for Gary Oldman, best achievement in directing David Fincher, best performance by an actress in a supporting role, Amanda Seyfried, Best Sound, I'm not going to read all those names. There's like six of them. Um, best Score, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Trent Reznor. Best Achievement in Makeup and Hairstyling, Gigi Williams, Kimberly Spiteri, and Colleen Labaff. And Best Achievement in Costume Design, Trish Somerville. Which makeup and uh, makeup, hairstyling, and costume design, I also like those nominations make sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, Trent Reznor, I think we've talked about this, is from my, like, like where I'm from in Pennsylvania. Oh, really? Yeah. I, no, I don't think we've talked about this. Yeah, he's from Mercer, Pennsylvania. Like, That's crazy. And I'm from Mercer County, yeah. And so <laughs> he won for Soul, right? Soul won? Uh, Best score, I think. I was think that him? so. Yeah. Oh. And... um. He does so much. He was nominated. Yeah. This is the same team that did uh, Social Network Sport. But mm-hmm. there was like a, my local like news station was like, local <laughs> local man <laughs> wins Oscar. I was like, well, it's Trent Reznor. <laughs> it's, He's yeah. no longer a local man. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's, that's funny. Um, I think yeah, the he's... only other one they had a chance of was... Um, Amanda Seyfried, she was favored to win early on. And then once the other stuff started happening and she yeah. wasn't winning. Well, and then um, when Minari came out, it was pretty clear. But I would say those two were the front runners for supporting actress. Interesting. Yeah. Also, they put best sound as one category this year instead of. Sound Thank editing God. and sound mixing. Yeah, I know. Now I don't have to think about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it would probably be better to have different awards for those two things because they are different, like, departments or whatever. Right. But Jesus Christ, at least rename them so that people can actually, like, understand, understand which what is they are. Which. For sure. 
because it, it's it's definitely between mixing and editing it was always the opposite of what i thought yeah because i think editing we've gone through this like three God times damn it. um because I, I i think editing is creating the sound like the foley work and the the you know and then mixing is is editing it into the into the film itself mixing it into the film maybe i don't know anymore yeah i don't know if that's true i think mixing is like like levels and stuff right no that's a that's a normal description of, of yeah what mixing it doesn't we can't put this in the podcast again we've talked about <laughs> it many times i'm exhausted after watching mank mank yeah no i think that's fair um courtney how many oscars would you give it Wait, do you, should we do Rotten Reviews first? Oh, of course. Of course. Oh. I, I was thinking Oscars. I was thinking Oscars. Oh, did you notice they said, uh, hold up Oscar for us? Yeah. That's yeah, fun. Yeah, that is that's it, fun. His name's Oscar. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Rotten Reviews. <laughs> this is by Oliver M. Literally one day ago. <laughs> he wrote, literally so boring, period. One star. One star. Short, sweet, to the point. Yeah. That's, you know what? That's a, that's the best rotten review we've had. I agree. Because he got it, he got us. His point was to clear. Where he was, it was he, Yes. <laughs> he knew exactly what he wanted to say and he said it. And I appreciate that about Oliver. Yeah. Thank um, you, Oliver. And then Rich V, April 21st, 2021. A mere seven days ago. Yeah. Dialogue was not clear. Storyline jumped around. Boring, lost interest. Walked out. Half star. Walked it, out? I, that's, why, that's why I was like, wait. <laughs> Who's on Netflix, bro? <laughs> I walked out of my living room. I, walked, I my bedroom. walked out of my house and now you haven't returned. <laughs> it's Mank's house now. Mank. Mank. And he had great punctuation until the end. Mm-hmm. I mean, not he a lot of, of like articles. He walked out on this review as well. Yeah, not a lot of articles are like linking verbs. Um, sure. Yeah. And here's the real one. God, okay. look, I am so bad at look reading. At this, look at these paragraphs. Oh Jesus. my God. Let me zoom in. Okay. <clears throat> Take one. Let me adjust my mic. David Fincher's Mank is a worthy, eminently watchable entry in the age of Hollywood self-obsession. That is, that it is unreliable as history should go without saying. Most of its characters are verifiably real figures. I really, really <laughs> hit my mic in an aggressive way. But I'm going to keep going. I'm not going to start over. Uh, blah, 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 blah. including famous and half-forgotten directors, screenwriters, stars, and studio bosses, but they are embedded in a spectacle that shimmers with knowing artificiality. Presented in silvery, sharp, shadowed, black and white, the cinematographer is Eric Messerschmidt, these specters of Hollywood speak in salty uh, epigrams against a sainty, sinister score by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. 
and act out a looping cautionary fable of ruin and at least partial redemption. Each scene is introduced with type out note, exterior, MGM Studios Day, 1934, flashback, to remind us where we are at the movies. A.O. Scott, the New York Times. So he liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Where we are at the movies. Yeah, Scott. But I think he wanted me to read it like, to remind us where we are at the movies. <laughs> I think that's what the, I think that's the line reading they wanted, but I don't have it. Yeah, he in really me. did. That's okay. That's I'm just fair. Gonna start crying. <laughs> Mank. Mank. Why? Mank. Please. <laughs> so, how many Oscars would I give it? You ask. I do. You know, I don't think it's any surprise that I didn't really like this. <laughs> and um i feel like i'm always really bitchy on this podcast and i'm trying really hard not to be That's... i feel like i'm always too harsh and too critical and these are like great movies and they're better than anything i could make or write and um courtney i'm telling you right now that's internalized misogyny you know what thank you for mansplaining that to me tyler No, you're 100% right. As I was saying it, I was like, this is just me being like, oh, I'm too being too... Sh- I'm literally calling myself out for like being too shrill. <laughs> you're right. I'm sorry. You're right. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm trying to be nicer. <laughs> But you know what? You know what? Fuck it. You're right. It is internalized misogyny. I'm qualified. I have opinions. I'm giving this a four. Okay. I did not like it. Yeah. I was bored. I was confused, which it's hard to be at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, I was, <laughs> I was like so stimulated and not stimulated all at once. And you really, you really got somewhere with that. You were bored and, and and confused, which are things that shouldn't happen at the same right. time. And you're very right. Where I you're was very like right. trying so hard to understand what was going on, but also deeply uninterested and bored. Yeah. And I thought Amanda Seyfried, great. She's why I'm giving it four. She's okay. where my four are going. I thought she was awesome. Um, a light in a sea of darkness. <laughs> And um, I don't know, Gary Oldman's good, and uh, the writing, I think, was bad. And um, I'm actually sad because Fincher is, like, my favorite director. <laughs> so, mm. yeah, what about you? Um, How does internalized misogyny um, hurt you in this moment? <laughs> uh, well, it makes me want to be more aggressive mm-hmm. than I need to be. Um, and naturally, not a very aggressive guy. No, and I like um, that about you. I th- thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, and because now I want to come off as more, um, you know. Never mind. I'm gonna cut this out. But um, no, I'd probably only give it like a five. Okay. I'm glad we were on the same page. Only because 
I think what you said about the um like it being like the scenes being good, but then the overall being weird mm-hmm. was very true. I thought like the acting was really great. It looked really great, but boy was I confused and boy was I bored. Yeah. So um five is half is the halfway point. And I would say I didn't think it was a bad movie, but I don't think I would recommend it to almost anyone. Yeah, I and I know a lot of film buffs. I wouldn't say to any of them. I mean, I can maybe think of one person where I'd be like, "You'd enjoy this," but that's kind of a dig. <laughs> 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 but I'd say it like condescendingly, like, "Ugh, you'd like it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> oh my. Well, so. Here's the thing, Corny. Yeah, what? Next week. Oh, God. I knew we'd get to this eventually. (laughs) I've been waiting for you. The Grim Reaper. Um, (laughs) What are you thinking? Because... All right, wait. Let's look at the... Let's look at the calendar. Let's look at the calendar. Um... Kitten calendar, kitten calendar, kitten calendar. No one will get that reference, Courtney. Not what? a single person. I didn't get it. Yeah, I know, because you wouldn't. No one will. Um, I said kitten calendar a bunch of times in a row. Uh-huh. Um, it's from the 2007 movie Transformers. Sure, sure. Nope, it's not. I even got it wrong. Even I didn't even understand the reference I was I was <sighs> making, because it's actually from Transformers 2, Dark of the Moon. Mm, okay. Okay. So next week. So next uh, week. Next time we record. Will be like May 10th. Will be, yeah, around that that week. And then that episode will come out May, uh, May 17th. Yeah, let's let's move on. The Oscars are let's over. Let's move on from the Oscars. Yeah. The Oscars are over. So, and, okay. and I'm over them and it. That way we can get. We can get a few normal eps in before our summer of. See, but when does the summer of fun begin? June. We start recording See, in June. Right. But that's only one to two episodes in between now and the, the fast I summer, the furious summer. Too fast, too to... summer. Too. too su- wait, wait, what did I call it that you <laughs> was ridiculous? Um. Two, two movie, two summer, Furious. Two. <laughs> Second. But I also think we can do like. Ugh. I think we should go one a week, but it's just too much. One Fast and Furious a week? No, like one podcast a week. I feel like it'd make our lives a lot easier, but also harder. Oh, it'd make our lives so much harder, but. um. Disney, we can go like. We get through a lot more movies. Yes, yes, okay. yes. We would right. do like a Fast and Furious movie and then a regular movie. Like right. every other But one. then when it's like, that means we're doing one Fast and Furious movie a month. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is why I'm like, well, if we were doing yeah, a movie, right. we could be better. But um, 
So I don't know what we're watching next week, everyone. Okay. That's fair. Um, we will tweet it out. Get ready for your, for a, a too fast, too summer. Oh, too hot, too dangerous. There it is. Too <laughs> hot, too dangerous. Okay. That way we don't get uh, copyright mm. um, infringements. Mm, okay. Okay. Because we don't, we can't say furious. That's a that word's owned by Universal. It's owned by Vin um, Diesel. <laughs> Diesel, yeah. Um, but Courtney, yeah. In the meantime, yeah. in between episodes, if people wanted to keep up with the goings on of Courtney Hall, Ugh. where would they go? Cordell Hall, everywhere. Cordell Hall. Uh, and if you wanted to follow me, I am at Tyler's New Groove. And if you want to follow the podcast, uh, we're at Film Schooled FM. I, so, okay, Courtney, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. So I've been covering for this guy. Yes. He, um, yeah. he, he's on paternity leave, and I've been covering his shift for him while he's on paternity leave. Because mm-hmm. I'm just a nice guy, you know what Yeah, I mean? for sure. Um, it's not because I need the money. Because um, <laughs> I don't have health insurance. But, um... That ends on Friday. Oh, Friday, wow. Friday's my last day. Um, so, so on Monday. More TikToks. Monday. Uh, I'm not going back to the, because I was doing four-hour shifts mm-hmm. in the mornings. Right. I'm not going all the way, because I, you know, I went from four-hour shifts to nine-hour shifts with the, for the paternity leave thing. Right. I'm not going back down to four. I'm going back down to six. Okay, but still. So yeah, but still, right. That's three hours of my day that is now no longer working. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna get on those tic- on that TikTok train because one of them's gonna blow up, Courtney. One of them's gonna blow up, and yeah. then you know, here's, it's here's off what I'm to say. the races. I think we need to hashtag the name of the movie. Absolutely. And then you're you're very correct. I think the stickers worked, right? Because on the first one, it was just the waveform. But on the second one, I put uh, a little, a little like another caption. I think yeah. I just put Ohio because we were talking about Ohio, mm-hmm. and that um, one got like seven hundred views. Yeah, right. Yeah, and like twenty likes, which is great, more than com- our Instagram compared- has ever gotten. Right. <laughs> so, uh, and I put the name of the movie that we're watching. Yeah. Uh, which was prom that was that was promising young woman. So I'm gonna keep doing that, and I'm yeah. gonna go back into the catalog and. Uh, I have to remake the waveform to make it fit the vertical thing for, for TikTok, which is a bit of a bummer. But that's okay. I'll get through them. We'll get all of them up on TikTok, and one of them, Courtney, one of them's gonna blow up, and then we'll be, we'll have listeners out the out the ass. <laughs> Finally, oh my god! Finally. I keep hitting my mic. This is a nightmare. I'm <laughs> so sorry I made you watch Mank, and <laughs> I. You can tell how much we didn't like it by the length of the episode is what I'm going to say about most mm-hmm. of our episodes because we just don't want to talk about it. I actually don't know if it's that we don't like it. It's that we didn't understand it. <laughs> <laughs> so we can't talk for two hours about it because we didn't get what happened. Right. That that definitely may be true. Um, <laughs> what was I going to say? Oh, um, well, I was pushing hard last week for Nomadland. So mm. at least... We watch this instead. Yeah. You know? Do you want to... Because it sounds like... Tyler, do you want to pick a movie next week? Courtney, are we going to watch Paddington? We could watch Paddington if you want. We could watch the first Paddington. Okay. 
That's you. You know what? That seems like a delightful break from this bullshit I've made you watch for the past few <laughs> weeks. Besides a promising young woman, which was a full highlight for me, <laughs> everything else I've just been like, oh my god, it's so hard. I would love to watch Paddington. Perfect. Glad we settled you, that. Courtney, you're in for a delight. I'm excited. Right. I'm excited. I'm gonna get out my marmalade. I'm gonna get my bucket cool. hat, and I'm gonna have a party. I'm so excited for you. Okay, I'm thrilled. Great. This is great. What a time. All right. You know what? Let's let's end the podcast can't so we can go to that. bed. We can't we get to go to bed <laughs> yeah, and then tomorrow can come and we can we can watch. No, it just means the next podcast comes faster and we can watch Paddington. Mm, yes, of course. Yes, of course. Um as they and... say, and cut. And cut. And cut. And cut. And cut. Shibada do bow mank. Mank. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, how was I supposed to know you were counting down to screaming mank? That was the thing I enjoyed most about this movie was screaming mank on this podcast. Mank. Mank. Favorite part of the movie. I'm sure my neighbors loved it. Mank. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy.